0: Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the recovery guy, and welcome to this edition of The Fix. my joy and privilege and recovery honor uh, to be with you uh, today and to enjoy uh, these uh, moments that we have together. Uh, I hope things are going well for you um, in your life as you uh, trudge this road to happy destiny. And as it says, uh, uh, we are sure that you'll meet uh, many of us, right? As we trudge along together, we meet along the way and and this day and age of social media and the ability to reach out and contact and actually become friends with people that you've never physically met really gives us a great opportunity. There, there is some disadvantage there. And if you wonder what that is, uh, I actually did a podcast on uh, social media recovery and uh, some of the advantages and disadvantages that can occur from it. Uh, so go ahead and check that out. If you're new or relatively new to the podcast, uh, uh, welcome. To who we are and what we do We are uh, downloading Fresh Podcast every Tuesday uh, for The Fix And on Friday for The Checkup We are a team of uh, Jonathan and JJ and my daughter Jane Jane does so much in social media uh, JJ is our engineer who makes sure that uh, all the podcasts get uploaded properly and timely uh, as well as our contact and this description there. And then Jonathan is our webmaster who keeps everything running and continues to open doors. So uh, we appreciate the teamwork that what this recovery movement is all about. And then we have you, uh, the listener, and those who comment and support. Uh, we're so grateful for that. Uh, again, go to patreon.com forward slash guy to see how much more you can do beyond what you've already done. Uh, And if you're not uh, doing um, anything at all, consider that because we want to invest more in helping more people to free up my time so I can visit more jails and prisons and uh, other institutions um, as well as uh, uh, doing more in terms of video and all the other things that we want to do regarding this uh, Recovery Guy podcast, recoveryguy.org, and this Recovery Guy movement. There will be a link for you at the end of this uh, podcast. Uh, today's podcast uh, episode is called The Cornerstone of Faith. The Cornerstone of Faith. And I was actually uh, just sitting and contemplating uh, on Sunday and and just trying to get a sense of where we were going to be today in terms of our podcast. And um, Father Martin in his Chalk Talk, and again, if you haven't listened, go to recoveryguide.org, pull up Chalk Talk by Father Martin. If you haven't listened to it yet, uh, it'll blow your mind in terms of understanding addiction and alcoholism specifically. And if you have listened to it before, I always like to use it as a refresher. Um, But here's the deal. He actually quotes uh, Thomas uh, Aquinas in there. And a little background on on St. Thomas Aquinas. He uh, didn't live very long. He was 49 years old, was born in uh, 1225, uh, passed away in 1274. And he was, uh, according to Wikipedia, he was an Italian Catholic philosopher, and he was a theologian, and he is most famous uh, classical proponent of what is called natural theology. Um, So here's what Thomas says Um, St. Thomas Aquinas, he says, to one who has faith, no explanation is necessary. To one without faith, no explanation is possible. So why is faith relevant to us who are in recovery? Why is it important that we we land in a position of faith um, and move forward from there? You know, for me, it was because I had lost all faith in all things and I had even given up on my opportunity to become well. Sure, it was a hope and it was a desire and and that bit, that little bit of spark, that that that, that mustard seed of faith did keep me from driving off a cliff or blowing my brains out or uh, purposely taking too much where I would overdose and never come back. Um I did overdose on a number of occasions, but uh, I was fortunate. I was able to uh, come out of that alcoholic or drug induced coma and um, and be before you today. But we need faith. We we need faith in in terms of our approach to living. Um, every twelve step program and every you know other secular or or religious based program. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Requires us to have a belief in something other than ourselves. You know, if you if your belief is in yourself, um, you may disagree, and that's fine. Um, I think your belief is limited. If your belief is limited, if your belief is in yourself, then your belief is limited because we can't do all things without a higher power. It's it's impossible. Um, you know, I can, um, I can, I can say, um, that I got here, I pulled up, you know, I was pulled up my own bootstraps, so on and so forth. Um, and, and I'm not saying you can't have a, a certain amount of success. I think when it comes down to it though, even if you wanted to debate and go back and forth and wrestle with the concept, every one of us does have a, Faith in something other than our own strength. We have to. We have to be able to pull back and realize, I can't do this on my own. Maybe our faith is our group, right? Maybe our faith is our church or the 12-step, the rooms of 12-step recovery, or it's in a significant other, or, or we find strength in our children. Because Einstein said that we can't use the same thinking that got us into our situation to get us out of our situation. And so I can't come in here losing everything that I had, including any sense of hope or faith in anything I could do, and then rely on that hope. Uh, again, I need to find a power greater than myself. So again, Thomas Aquinas says, to one who has faith, no explanation is necessary. To one without faith, no explanation is possible. The Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. Here's what um, uh, the NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, says when it comes to faith and spirituality. And this is a quote from their website. Uh, If if you want to check it out more, go ahead and do that. Uh, But they say, as we learn more and more about the connections between the mind and body, it becomes clear that spirituality, religion, and faith can help some individuals live well with mental health conditions. Some individuals and families turn to faith in times of crisis to help in their recovery, while others find that spiritual practices help them to continue to manage their mental health. So I love this definition because it's very secular, and me as a a, Sometimes religious, always spiritual person. Um, I like what the world says. Who has a very open mindedness towards any type of faith or or religion, whether it's Baha'i or or Buddhism or Judaism uh, or any one of the uh, Arabic religions, Muslim, any one of the monotheistic religions of the world. Uh, it 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 speaks to all of us. Uh, because again, their desire is not that I believe in a particular thing, but that I believe and have faith in something that will help stem the tide uh, and the challenge that comes with mental illness. Uh, I had an opportunity, you know, as a, as a former treatment counselor, many of you know my, my degree is in alcohol and drug studies and I've, and I've trained and I've worked in so many different uh, treatment modalities uh, my first job internship was uh, uh, it was at the Casa de San Bernardino in San Bernardino, California, and uh, there was first time nonviolent drug offenders who would get lower court counseling, um, and so they would come to that organization, and 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 I was privileged to have been there, and between medical models and social models, and and uh, I worked at for River Community which is a dual diagnosis organization that would assist people who had two things. Number one, they had a, a uh, clinical psychiatric diagnosis, uh, manic depressive, bipolar, um, uh, OCD. um, And they also had a substance abuse issue. So like every other week, uh, the psychiatrist, uh, uh hired by our community would come up and do an assessment and reevaluate meds and so on with our population and we would hope to get them stabilized on their meds and then we would um uh operate treatment classes and instruction in hopes that while they had some um balance uh they would um attain and retain some of the material we were trying to uh, uh to help them understand so it was really a an opportunity to guide our participants uh, once again in a recovery mindset um, that, uh, again, as their meds would stabilize them, uh, we could become effective. So comparing who I met at River Community with who I have met over the years uh, uh, in the rooms of recovery, uh, I would actually say that that a high percentage of people have an undiagnosed mental health condition. Um, again, I was diagnosed by uh, uh, in Nevada uh, through mental health that I had uh, obsessive compulsive disorder. And the prognosis was uh, that I would never get better. Right. And so when I come into the rooms, and maybe you see this as well as you, you know, see the alcohol and the drugs leave a, a person, then at that point, you can get a, a much better uh, psychiatric or mental. Uh, snapshot uh, of the person um, so many of us are so twisted and confused um, when we first come in that we all we can do is stay clean and sober one day at a time because comprehending uh, or or taking in or sorting or applying some of the information we will need to uh, incorporate in our life to be successful um, that's very difficult for many of us in the past and and, uh, and, and as Tom Hopkins would say, that repetition is the mother of learning. People say, how, how did you learn so much about recovery? Well, I've had um, you know, 12,330 days of one day at a times to practice, drill, and rehearse the information. So it's not that I'm real smart. It's just if, you, if I read something or hear something long enough, I eventually will remember it. Um, and if that makes me smart, that's great. Um, what I do know is I'm I'm well, I'm clean, I'm sober. I have recovered from a hopeless state of mind and body. And I hope you are doing that if you have not done that already. So again, the cornerstone of faith. Uh, we've looked at the Bible. We've looked at uh, uh, the uh, NAMI, National Alliance on Mental Health. And we looked at um, uh, St. Uh, Aquinas uh, with his respect to that. Um Dictionary.com, again, big fan, right? Uh, here's what they say about what a cornerstone is, and I love these definitions because it allows me to see something in a in a, in a physical way, because faith is something that is impossible to see, right? Uh, but a cornerstone, it says that is the first stone set in the construction of a masonry uh, masonry foundation. All other stones will be set in reference to this stone, thus determining the position of the entire structure. I'm going to read that again. And, and it talks about foundational belief or faith, where our faith rests. Um, there is one power, that one is God, may you find him now. Half measures availed us nothing, right? See that God could and what if he were sought. No human power could have relieved our alcoholism. Everything revolves around our faith. It has to, according to this definition, that faith has to be our cornerstone. My entire sobriety is built on my faith because my faith, as it's set in the cornerstone and everything else I believe or do comes off of that, it will determine everything I am as a person of recovery, right? Now, faith is a confidence or trust in a person or thing. What I like on this is faith, or it's a belief that is not based on proof, okay? Because we can't necessarily see it, but we see it in people, right? What does faith look like? Well, faith looks like Laura, right? Faith looks like in, 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 in Angie and, and Susie and Wendy and and Tess and, and Chaz because I see their faith working in them and they are representation or evidence of faith. I can see them and see how they've grown and seen what they're doing. The other day, Chaz messaged me and said, Hey, Robert, I went back and got taken care of some of my educational things and now I'm in the EMT program. And dude is so, I'm so thrilled for him because it wasn't that long ago that his faith was kind of wavering and he decided this is my faith. This is what I believe in and I'm gonna continue to have this belief even though I can't see it happening that it will happen. And guess what? It's happening. And so we see those things occur in other people and, it, and, and something that we can see becomes something that we can see. So let's take a look um, and see, because I want to know what, what does faith, faith do for us, right? Um, I know what faith does for me, but what does it do for you? I found this really cool article, and I'm going to publish the link to um, uh, the Odyssey online. And, and it's on the benefits of, uh, of strong faith. It's really fantastic. And in this link, there's a person named Lauren Hernandez of Purdue University. And I've never heard of her before, but I'm going to look at some other things that she's done. But for today's purpose, I want to give her credit because I am going to go through her 10 areas. Um, but uh, Lauren Hernandez is from uh, Purdue University. And this was actually published on May 27th of 2018, so almost two years ago. Miss um, Hernandez says that faith is a universal human experience, something that uh, touches us all. I like that. Don't you like that? It's a universal human experience, something that touches us all. And here are the 10 things that Miss Hernandez is telling us that faith can do for us, and I want to see where you fit. And I'll give some examples of each one of what it does for me. and And as we're going through these, uh, maybe you want to sit down and listen to this podcast where you can take some more copious notes. Um, matter of fact, I think what I'll do is I'll I'll actually drop these in the description of the podcast and you can take a look and and download to your notes and do more with them because it's it's a really a good study on on faith. And and when we understand that faith is a cornerstone, that every other stone will be laid against it and our building will be built on it, it sort of lends a great um it 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 actually it increases the the level or the value of faith itself and why we should have it. So let's dive in. So here's the first thing that uh, Ms. Hernandez says, and these can be whatever order you want. It's your list. Do whatever you want. Take it, reject it. Treat it like a buffet. At the end of the day, it's all you. It's all your recovery. We're going to process things a little differently based on a number of variables that are in our life. But since the most important uh, differences between you and me don't matter, then you'll finally, you'll probably find a place for each one of them. So faith can provide inner strength, isn't that good? Faith can provide inner strength, uh, man. You know, in the beginning, when we're so weak and we're so tired, and and we wonder if this thing called recovery is really going to work, but we decide to show up anyway. Uh, I I know so many people who early on, you know, all we could do was hold on to our chair because if we held on to our chair, we might not run out of the room. You know what I mean? Do you remember being that afraid and and realizing that this was probably the last house on the block? You know, I had nowhere to go. I couldn't go hang out with people. That I, that I knew everyone rejected me. I knew I couldn't go to the bars anymore because that was killing me. I, I didn't even have a place to live and if it wasn't for slow will and his couch, I'd have been homeless. I was addicted to so many things but I saw the people and they talked to me, and I, and, I, and I heard them share to others. And it gave me just enough inner strength because I, I saw something working in them, and I decided to have them be my higher power that I could have faith in what was going on in their life, and it gave me enough inner strength to move forward. Faith, I love this so much. Faith teaches us to give back and serve the less fortunate. Giving back is so important because there are so many who have less than you and me. So often, when Laura and I pray and we pray together and we thank God for all we've been given, I thank God for His provision. And, and I literally say, God, thank you for this crazy life you've given me. Because I don't understand it. All I know is I have so much. Remember when we had nothing? Remember when you were so alone and so despaired? You didn't think you would ever have anything back again. And yet here we are in this space, in this time, with an abundance inside us and outside of us. And it continues to grow. But just as I know that I get, I get to give. Because it doesn't take me for a minute to see someone less fortunate. And I want to share a lot of stories with you. You know who the people are who are less fortunate. And my faith and our faith teaches us to give back to them. Faith allows us to be selfless and put others first. Man, this really strikes home. I have to deny self. I have to say that I'm nothing to become something. I need to become less so God, my higher power, can become more. I must decrease so He can increase, to quote a biblical passage. I need to be selfless and put others first. Even in my marriage, I spend my time putting Laura first. Thank goodness Laura spends all her time putting me first, and that's one of the reasons after being together over 31 years, it's still magic. Did you ever think of doing that, or do you do that already? Do you put others before you? Because if we want our cup to get filled, and there's nothing like getting a cup filled, then we have to be willing to get our cup empty. You know, I'll share a story with you that every now and then I share, and it impacted my life greatly. This was back um, in 1986, and this was after my relapse, and I hadn't been back in the rooms very long, and so I was still looking to work through my. Selfishness, right? Selfishness and self-centeredness, we believe this is the root of all of our problems. And at the end of the late lunch bunch meeting there at the turning point, I looked over at a table and there was a young man there. And he looked very distraught and just concerned and had his head in his hands. And I, and I went over and I said, hey, are you Okay. And he looked at me and with such profound sadness he was probably 22, 23 years old profound sadness and he said I just found out that I have full-blown AIDS and I'm going to die. And then he said would you Give me a hug. And I was afraid. Back in 1986, we didn't know. You know, we, we, we knew the prevalency of, of that age which, with, within the homosexual community. I mean, later we would find it affects everyone because my, my sister-in-law, who was not a lesbian, or in that community, she contracted AIDS from her uh, drug-addicted ex-husband, and she died of AIDS. So AIDS affects everyone, and it's devastating, and it's tragic. And we know so much more about it, how to prevent it, how to medicate it, but back then we didn't. At least I didn't back in 86. And, And yet, here he was, asking me to set aside my fears based in ignorance and put him first because all he wanted was a hug. And, and through my fear, I had faith because I knew that if I didn't have the faith to set aside me and put him first, I don't know if I could have ever really forgiven myself. So I hugged him, and he hugged me so hard. And a minute or two later, it seemed longer, but we hugged for a minute or two, and that's a long time to hug someone, especially someone you don't know, especially with someone who, who just tells you they have full-blown AIDS. We hugged. He said, thank you. And he walked out the back door of that Turning Point Clubhouse. And I never saw him again. And three weeks later, I found that he had become a victim of AIDS and he had died. And I was so grateful that I was able to set aside my selfishness and put him first. It it meant something to him. And to this day, almost... 34 years later, 33 and a half years later, it still means something to me. Faith allowed me to do that. Faith can help you discover your purpose in life. Isn't that great? Faith, because we, we begin to explore more because we're less afraid in things that we can't see because we have faith in the things that we can't see that bring us life, that bring us power, that bring us energy. And we have, and we go and discover and we find out that things work in ways that we never thought, but we always hoped they would. And that increases our faith. Faith helps you overcome stress, anxiety, and fear. This is so big because so much of us um, have this as a component of who we are, especially in the beginning. Because we have stress over so many broken things in our life. We have anxiety that things aren't happening fast enough. And our fear is usually based in the unknown. Fear is false evidence appearing real. We have to have faith in things to help us overcome the stress and the anxiety and the fears of life. Faith can also be the pathway to finding solutions. Um, As I have faith, I have a more clear mind. I can be in a better alignment uh, than I had previously been. And things that were confusing or things further out that I could not see as part of a solution, I can now see on the pathway to faith will even light that way so I can see things ahead of me that will help me add to the person I am or the things that I want to do as that person. Faith gives us a sense of hope, right? I love hope. I love faith. Again, uh, John Maxwell, if there's hope in the future, there's power in the present, and who doesn't want power to add to the substance and the quality of our life? Faith gives us that. Faith is a source of peace and joy. When I have faith, I can relax more and I can appreciate other things even more. It is my faith that is the source or that cornerstone to those things. Faith will help you get through the trials of life. Yes, it will. Faith will help you get through the trials of life. I'll share the story with the day of my father passing again. To, to make a long story short, um, the, the week I was going to spend with my father on vacation, I ended up burying my dad. We had become the friends that I had wanted us to be, but alcohol and addiction got in the way. We had a a two-and-a-half-year window after he had gotten sober, and then I subsequently did, and we became friends. The greatest trial of my life, certainly to that time, and and top three to this day, was the day that he died. And instead of burying or or being with my father for the week and enjoying his time— I buried my dad with my siblings and my mom and family and friends. And that week, and I was relatively new to recovery. I was just going on about two and a half years of recovery. And so I had faith in, in God in my higher power. And, and certainly as a Christian, my faith was deepening. And, and, And I went to God in in faith and I said, God, if you get me through this week, I will know I will never need a reason or have a reason to drink or use again. And I'm trusting you to do this for me. That was my faith. That was my prayer of faith. And it was a challenging week, but I learned so much about me and about the power of God and my faith that I was able to get through a, a deep travel in my life or, or excuse me, trials in my life. And do you have those trials? Have you had to overcome those challenges where your faith, you know it was your faith that saw you through? And finally, faith can, can make us a better person. Because when I have more inner strength, when I'm giving back and serving the less fortunate, when I'm selfless or selfish, selflessness, and I'm putting others first, when I find my purpose in life, when I'm allowing this to work to overcome stress, anxiety, and fear, it's a pathway to finding solutions. It gives me a sense of hope, source of peace and joy, and it helps me get through trials I will be a better person as a result of this because I'm not relying on me to be the best version of me. I am allowing my faith in a power greater than myself and even the people I see around me. And it is because of you. It is because of God. It is because of this life that I live by faith that I have these things and I am a better person Again, as St. Aquinas says, to one who has faith, no explanation is necessary. Is that you? Or are you the person that without faith, that no matter what I say, I could never explain it to you? I hope you know where you're at. I hope you continue to discover your faith along this journey go and download this list by Miss Hernandez. And again, I'll put in the link. I'll put in even the bullet points so you can see those in advance. And then I hope to join you again. I hope you go to patreon.com forward slash recovery guy. I hope you become well. I hope you have an impact on those around you. I hope you are finding everything you wanted to find And that even though we don't have everything we necessarily want, we certainly have everything that we need. And eventually we will find it's what we wanted all along. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for being a part of this movement. My name is Robert and I am The Recovery Guy. I was trying to do everything.